0: No, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dreadful.
1: Dumb and dumber, right, I'd Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Forty Yard Switch. As always, I am your co-host, not host, <laughs> Jasper Woody Woodson, alongside me, Wilberkoo Luke's. Another week's gone by. Hey, Ben.
0: Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Another, uh, another uh, very interesting round of games in the Women's World Cup <laughs> in the yes. main event. Yes. Uh, yes. So,
1: a lot to get through this week uh, on both sides of the game. Uh, Women's World Cup is getting near. The climax, uh, as the quarterfinals is done and dusted, and as of about an hour ago, the semi-final, the first semi-final, is two. And over the weekend, there was, as well as the Women's World Cup, there was the return of the Premier League, uh, which we will discuss in due course. But first and foremost, the big fish <laughs> is left to fry, uh, which is <laughs> the Women's World Cup, <laughs> uh, mixing. Two phrases there, but anyway.
0: Wait, so yeah, so after we recorded the last pod, France had just beat Morocco, yeah, four nil in in the last and round of the, 16 all the quarterfinals
1: games. were to come, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So Spain Netherlands, yeah, well, you saw have... it
1: coming. I didn't. Um, to be fair though, that game was so end to end. I feel like either team could have won it.
0: Yeah, 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 It Was on a knife edge, and you know went or you know all, almost the distance. Um, Shades of. Uh,
1: Iniesta to two thousand and ten with that Paraguay goal. Yeah,
0: true. Around a similar time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very they're, they're very interesting game. Obviously, Netherlands with the with the late equaliser in yep. the, in the ninety. Um, and then yeah, Pari Uweo, Uh My pick for young player of the tournament uh, showing her worth. She, I mean, she's been very good all tournament. Mm. Um. Creating a lot, it's kind of down the wing, but it seems she's played a bit uh, and played a bit more centrally tonight as well, which we'll get on to. Yeah, um, but is yeah, being been very impactful this tournament.
1: And I think now with that goal in the game tonight against uh, Sweden, which we'll get on to, I think she's definitely now the front runner for young player of the tournament. Yeah, like it would ha- like Mary Fowler's been good, but um, you'd have to you'd t- take a lot. Like, yeah, n- like the impactful goals.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think so, especially like we mentioned off air earlier with Lauren James um, having that emotional brain fade. Yes. <laughs> the white line fever. And now missing two games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it, 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 it takes her out of the running a little bit.
1: Yep. But yeah, so uh, Spain progress through to the semi final, which they have already played tonight. Uh, Paraguelo... Um, scoring the winner uh, and then later that night on Friday uh, a result we did not see coming yeah. Sweden's counter press too good for Japan in the end Yeah, was and a, their set pieces
0: I think again I mean we we, 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 we kind of predicted that it, it was hard to pick this game yeah. because of you know Spain's sorry Sweden's strength from set pieces and Japan just being so prolific um, and yeah it was very very close in the end yeah mm. um, yeah, I think Japan probably consider themselves a little bit unlucky with uh, the penalty coming off the bar and then the free kick coming off the bar, keeper's head post, and then narrowly not going in after that. Yeah, on another day they win that game. Yeah. Maybe even by two goals. Yeah. But I think as well, Spain, Sweden also had their their share of chances that kind of didn't quite go their way as well. Mm. Um but yeah, it's just a just one that's on a knife edge and Sweden and just just edged. I think it's a day. really,
1: really good sign that all of the uh games, uh all of the quarterfinals, even some containing slightly lower ranked sides, were all really close. Yeah. yeah. Um just, you know, just the level is all the same, which is what you want when you get to the latter stages of a tournament for sure. Mm. But yes, uh Japan some teary sights which is always not nice to see uh at the the end of that one but yeah i guess maybe sweden just uh, luck combined with a little bit of later tournament experience but i guess japan maybe oh japan have that in the past
0: but maybe not in the current
1: generation of players
0: yeah yeah i think definitely going later in tournaments sweden have a bit more yeah have a bit more experience even though you know they I suppose famously now or uh, notoriously haven't progressed quite to the very end. They mm. do have a lot of experience in yeah. Um at that level. But yeah, I think Japan it's, it it was a it was a very good tournament. Oh brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and still may have a golden root to show for it.
1: Yeah. Depending on who scores in the remaining games. Yeah. Uh and then uh Saturday evening, uh we saw quite enthralling nil all draw and uh, then which then led to the greatest and longest penalty shootout the women's game has ever seen
0: yeah that was that was crazy i i, I saw yeah first half obviously and um and extra time and then the penalty shootout and that, that was just that was just crazy that was one of the craziest penalty shootouts i think when um yeah the i think the hardest part to watch for me was when Mackenzie Arnold saved the penalty, and then she stood up to take the next one, and then missed it. I was just like, "Oh, I yeah. almost lost it at that." And point.
1: it just had everything. <laughs> it was like penalty misses, penalty saves, penalty saves that were called back for, um,
0: yeah, it went encroachment the, went the same way. On the then the keeper
1: one. taking the penalty and missing it, and then oh, just. Just nuts. Oh, and also to add to everything, the, the keeper sub from the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Tim Cruel, Jasper Celesen vibes.
0: Yeah, which I I hate. I hate that. <laughs> I think it's good mind games,
1: but yeah, it's a bit.
0: Yeah, I think you know you've got a keeper there who's yeah. Anyway, anyway it's probably not worth getting into. But I but think and it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Which which I that that I like to see. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think in terms of. Significance for Australian football. It was like, yeah, one of the biggest nights. And
1: also to set them in good stead if they if if they ha- it ends up that they have to ha- uh, do another penalty shootout uh, in the semi final or the indeed the final. Maybe the nerves would be a little bit calmer knowing they've been through it once before now. Yeah, yeah. Because you could definitely tell some of the penalty takers, and that's evident with the, with some of the misses, were a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked Ellie Carpenter's uh, penalty. That, yeah, that was off the post, yeah, it was really um, good. Mary Fowler's was probably the best of the bunch. Mm. Um, but Sam, yeah. Sam
1: Kerr, just typically very composed.
0: Yeah, and I saw someone, I think it was like a temporary Facebook uh, profile picture going round of you know the, the men's team beating the Uruguay, uh, running off from the, you know how they line up at the, yeah. s- the centre, running off after beating Uruguay in that. Uh, World Cup playoff match and and, and then the women's team on Saturday night. Lots of parallels. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful.
1: Uh, So yes, Australia advance and then shortly after that game, a couple of maybe an hour or so later, England kicked off against Colombia and it's a close scoreline and I do think Colombia, you know, held their own but I do think England were on top for large portions of this game and created a lot more than Colombia did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like, but like, credit to Colombia that they've they've had a really good tournament, and they, and then you know they 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 stuck with it until the end. But yeah, look, the first goal was it a cross? Was it a shot? I'm leaning towards cross for Colombia, uh, but hats off to anyone that can beat Mary Oakes from there. And then yeah, the first England goal uh, uh, is uh... sorry, that's <laughs> no, fine. That's uh... <laughs> First England goal is unfortunate for Columbia, to say the least. with, yeah. with the keeper spill, but then the second England goal is class from Alessio Russo. Like that is really good.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, my prediction going in was that England wouldn't wouldn't win because of the because of the goals being dry. And yeah, they definitely dominated. But do you still think there's a there's a sense in which they they are struggling to score at this tournament? Or a little that... bit,
1: but I think I think it's I think they looked the most threatening they have all tournament without scoring. Like, oh, except in, uh, except for the China game, but like the China game, I think is a bit of an outlier yeah. against the quality opposition. They looked very threatening; like it wasn't like a cagey game where like they struggled to score and you know, and like they created lots and lots of opportunities. Um, and yeah, there was a lack of lack of cutting edge for some of the game, but then Alessia Russo's finish was really good. And I think that'll give her a lot of confidence. I know she's already scored this tournament, but that type of goal where she turn like just turns a defender, gets in behind, and absolutely laces it past the keeper. Mm. That'll get, give her a lot of confidence. I also think um, Ella Toon coming back into the fold um, and playing pretty well, like didn't like, she, well, she wasn't like, you know, incredible as Lauren James has been, but I think she has maybe been the unluckiest of the England team to, to the bench through the emergence of Lauren James I thought she came back into the fold and did very well yeah um so yeah I think England's look England, I think it's it's still looking pretty even England and Australia for me for that for that semi final
0: yeah um I think as well like I, I think Russo obviously had a slow start to the tournament but I think she's wait it was her first goal in the previous game
1: no is it was against China in the last yeah, group stage game
0: that was a class finish mm. and I think yeah potentially her building into the tournament a bit more it seems like we will probably stand them in good stead for the latter stage especially without Lauren James but yeah but yeah
1: but yes so then uh the first semi-final has just happened uh Spain versus Sweden a bit of a cagey first half with um Spain probably being in Sweden's box more than vice versa but not really testing Musevich and then the second half um Again, Sweden started a lot better uh, and were looking really threatening and Spain seemed to be a little bit off it, but then the impact substitute, Salma Parajuelo, as we've been told, it's hard to say it, um, <laughs> Parajuelo uh, came in and just completely split the game in its head, uh, made Spain look instantly more um, threatening and then broke through and, and got the goal, um, which is another, another really well-taken like, swivel turn on the volley. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, 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 just really good finish and like in the right spot to make that finish as well.
0: Yeah. I, I can't say this with 100% certainty, but I don't think she's been used that much through the middle uh, no, as, I, as of yet. I
1: remember her being in, on the wing yeah. uh, in, the, in the group stage at least. Yeah that's,
0: yeah, that's what I remember the most. And I think I commented in the second half that I think Jenny Hermoso started through the middle and she just looked a little bit like...
1: Yeah, because then she dropped into the 10 when pa- uh, Pateos went off.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think like it's it's probably in comparison to how parry looked when she did come on but yeah yeah, like you mentioned when when she came on she did everything like you know if you if you swing a long ball and she's tall enough if you put it in behind she's fast enough and she can drop deep she's got good good feet intricate feet um when she does when she does do that so yeah she was ridiculous yeah and And scored a very good she'll be
1: england or australia should be very wary of her Mm. Coming on against, if, if they stick with the same starting lineup, coming on against tired legs yeah. in the final 30, 40 minutes of of a, and extra time if needed, of a, of a World Cup final because she will be a big, big threat.
0: Yeah. And, um, and yeah. then
1: Sweden, uh, another Impact sub, Rebecca Blankvist, it was the game of Impact subs, uh, came on and rocked one back for uh, Sweden with about 10 minutes to go. But then the old adage. You're most susceptible after you've just scored. Uh, 94 seconds later, Spain back in front.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's obviously a very good finish, but yeah, they were sleeping from the corner and uh, Carmona had... Is Carmona?
1: I think it's Cardona, but I'm not not 100%. Yeah, she
0: she was having a good game and has had a good tournament and I think has had a few siders from distance um but yeah she had that much time to figure it out yeah um, and i think and you could say musovich
1: potentially could have done better but i think she was a little bit unsighted which is why she doesn't react as quickly
0: yeah a little bit unsighted a little bit again like the rest of the sweden team not ready and the ball dips a lot towards the end so yeah yeah but she does get a hand to it so i think just given how she played against um usa she she would have she probably thinks she probably could have done better. Yeah. It's not just
1: us saying that we think she could have done better.
0: Yeah, because it was, you know, 11 saves against the USA and then two shots on target for Spain tonight and two yeah. goals.
1: Yeah. It's funny how that's football, though, you know? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, so Spain go through in for in in within 90 minutes, which means that they'll be well-rested for the final come Sunday and the extra day's rest as well. So mm. uh, it's looking really good. And Wilbur the foresight from you yeah he said once once they get on a roll the issues from the uh, from before the tournament will be a distant memory and they have been on a roll they've just gotten like with the slight blip against japan they've just gotten better and better and better
0: mm.
1: they've beaten like i would say they have had the toughest run so far i know australia beat france but i think australia, and australia but who did australia have in the Round sixteen, it was. I can't remember. Uh, oh shit, oh my god, I can't remember. It was England's group, Denmark, Denmark. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so a good team. But then if you look at the teams that but they, they did it quite easily against Denmark, it seemed. But yeah, but you look, but you look at the teams that um, Spain have played in, uh, in since since the knockout stage has started. Uh, world number three, Sweden, and then Spain, who I am pretty sure. Are top eight um, no sorry were number three Sweden and Switzerland f- and and um, Switzerland and then the Netherlands yeah yeah who are who have been very good this tournament yeah so yeah I think they've 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 really really excelled but then again if Australia beat France it's, it's a pretty comparable to be actually to be honest but um, yeah they've just been really good they've stepped it, they've, they're really convincing against Switzerland um, and like went toe to toe with a very and beat a very good team in the uh, Netherlands, and then did it again
0: against Sweden. So hats off to him. Yeah, yeah. no, they they seem to be they seem to be sort of firing at the right time as well. And yeah, I think the other thing, like yeah, I think it's interesting that Pateas hasn't been as key mm. to the side um, that that is do, having such a good tournament. Um, but you do but sort yeah, of wonder as she gets
1: of... more and more minutes in her legs, will yeah. she be like a little bit more effective in the final? Yeah, because this is like the best of the best we're talking about here yeah yeah we'll see we'll see we'll and see. then uh so obviously this uh, as we're recording now it is roughly 20 uh 22-ish hours until the england game uh or australia game against england sorry um and yeah geez what a, what a game it's gonna be um
0: I find yeah, it's it's a very very difficult. It's one
1: a yeah, it's a very conflicting game for me. Uh, obviously, everyone's been asking me who I'm going to be going for. Um, are,
0: you, are you going to be me saying that on the podcast? Or? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I've said it to people in person. So and like, I, I did deliberate for a long time, and I sort of like just like I'm like, what is my gut sort of telling me? Yeah, and I just think that. I the team that I'm going to support. I've actually you know been supporting for longer and paying attention to for longer. Like yes, I've known about the Matildas for like a while, um, but I haven't like you know been fully engrossed in supporting them and like learning about all their players like I did with England last year. Yeah. During the Euros. Yeah. Uh, and I just it, I, I was so invested in the Lionesses' success last year um, and loved watching. Getting to know all the players and watching all that, that I just I, I would feel wrong rooting against them. Yeah, uh, and like and like, but that's that's not not to say that if the, if Australia beat them, I'm going to be unhappy. Like I'm not going to be unhappy with another, my other nationality winning. Yeah, and I'll support Australia if they make to the final 100 percent against Spain. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, my gut is just feeling that um, I want England to win. Yeah, and I'm sorry if that pisses people off, you know. But at the end of the day, the heart
0: wants what it wants. <laughs> exactly. I think for me. I feel like, like you're leading more tilis. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm definitely leading more tilis, and I think the reason. I mean, aside from just you know liking the uh, liking the squad and the way they've performed in the tournament and Australia, <laughs> um, I think as well, there's just a bit more of a story. And like you know, it was such an amazing tournament for England at the Euros at home, as at well. home last year. And, and Australia's chance to do the same. thing. Yeah, yeah. I just think. In terms of achievements and, you know, football as, as a sport in Australia. Yeah. I just think it would be such an amazing thing. It would be to... a
1: bigger sort of, like, shift moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be huge for, yeah, for the country and swing a public holiday. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, I don't want my support for England to take away from, like, me, like, not being... Like along for the ride with this story. I think yeah, it's an incredible yeah. story, and I and I wholeheartedly support the Matildas and everything they do. Just not against England. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I think it's probably so <laughs> delving into a little bit of my you know personal psyche here, but I think I think it's, a, it's a, also a bit of a disconnect with um outside of the Australian cricket team. Um, there's, uh, my disconnect with Supporting Australian teams Is probably just sort of My disconnect with like My connection to Australia As a country really. Yeah yeah. Uh, but that's you know Some deep insight To Woody's uh, <laughs> Personal life that <laughs> Probably wasn't needed On the podcast But there you go
0: um, It's it's playing It's playing into the uh, It's playing equation. into the decision Yes yeah. uh, But how do we think The game's going to go yeah, Sorry How do we think The game's going to go We've got Long winded
1: uh, Conversation who? about Who we're supporting Um, Again like three out of the I like all of the games in the quarterfinals this is another really tough to call game I think I think Australia go in as favourites for the simple factors England have looked a little bit shakier and England are missing key players uh, the three players they were already missing prior to the tournament and now and Lauren James as well yeah um, but I do think that like England, that like England won't mind being an underdog. Like they've they've been they were favourites all throughout the Euros last year,
0: mm. and they might probably
1: like appreciate like the slightly less pressure.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's that is a big thing about it. The pressure is squarely on, um, on Australia. Yeah. in this one, like because of you know just what we're talking about with the story. Like, yeah, there's there's so much at stake. Um, and it's kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity for that group of players yeah and I think yeah and you you know for some people I, I think personally we're we, we gonna get personal again yeah. <laughs> I think personally you know I like you know it, it can be different for different people like right like sometimes that can spur you on and sometimes it can it can like make you a bit of a a shell of the player that you might be otherwise um so yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. I think, yeah, if, if 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 they do sort of cop a goal, it will be very interesting to see what the response is like. I'm not sure what the response is like, but I do think that's, England will score.
1: That's actually a very interesting point because outside of the Nigeria game, which they scored and they crumbled a bit, yeah. Australia haven't conceded a goal in any other game. Mm. Whereas England... In the last game Conceded the first goal And bounced straight back Yeah Within we Had equalised within a half And then sc- And then Scored what proved to be the winner Within the opening 10 minutes Of the second half mm. And um, Obviously they looked A little bit shaky Against Nigeria But Remained relatively untroubled And uh, Against China Obviously Did concede towards The end But uh, A very good a performance Yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just do think, and also England have been to this stage before. Mm. They've beat that literally a year ago, Euro semi-final, and then a Euro final against Germany, one of the best teams in recent history. Yeah. So, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And, like, for me, it's, like, I feel like, but then on the on the flip side, you could, you could say it adds pressure, but you could also say it, like, Australia can ride the wave, 80,000 people singing their name. Yeah. Stadium Australia And I do think uh, Of all the teams Outside of maybe Columbia That would have had A big representation In the sta- in the stadium England will have A few fans in there Because there was A very large The English English population Is the largest Secondary population To Australians In this country Yeah So yeah. But I do think Yeah There will still be That massive crowd disparity
0: mm. Yeah yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they how they how they respond if they do go behind. And and my sense is that England will score. I'm not sure if they're going to score first. Tactic yeah. Tactically, I want to like go tactically
1: for a second because it's. I feel like so far in in the World Cup, it's been a lot of outside of England. It's been a lot of four four twos, four three threes, four two three ones. Yeah. But looking more and more likely based on the last two games, and Australia obviously set up in four four two, yeah, is looking more and more likely. Um, based on the last few games you can play, they're going to set up in that three five two. How like how do you see that sort of like clash going? Like the three defenders against the two Australian strikers, because the uh, because the three centre backs going against the two Australian strikers, where normally they would be going against two. Yeah. And then the Lucy Bronze and Rachel Daly against... So And then there's potentially a three-over-two midfield battle. Like, very interesting, I think.
0: Yeah. I think it's hard to say how it's going to play out. I mean... I... I like... I will say that yeah, while the like while the three five two gives you like can give you overloads attacking and, and defensively it can sometimes leave you a bit exposed in the midfield. Mm. and I suppose that is one of the areas where Australia have been quite good. I think it's Cooney Cooney Cross. Cooney Cross yeah. and Gurry, yeah. Yeah, and Gurry, yeah. Gurry's been like outstanding. So I think yeah, like giving those two more time in the midfield is a bit of a dangerous prospect, but Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's hard to, say. Mm. It's hard to and say. I do think I do think England looked a little bit shaky against the counter against Nigeria, but then I do think Serena Wigman like tweaked that quite well against Colombia, mm. who were also a team that liked to break on the counter. With um, I think it was Ramirez up top, who was quite fast. Yeah. So yeah, I just think it's really it's cause obviously the back three is to account for not having Leah Williamson because none of those three defenders are as good as Leah Williamson. Yeah. But I do think they've worked well as a unit: Jess Carter, uh, Millie Bright, and Alex Greenwood. Mm. I just don't know. Like it's like you take like like the experience and being here before, and I'd argue the better coach versus like the home team riding the riding a once in a lifetime wave. I don't know. It's it's tough.
0: Yeah, I would say yeah. If 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 you take the sort of emotion that's that's in it um, for Australia out of the picture and look at it like as objectively as possible. I think the points that you bring up are, are kind of the main ones that England have the this experience at, at the the back end of major tournaments very recently and the very big one is the difference between Serena Vigman and Tony Gustafson yeah, which in actually, terms of quality of yeah. coaching.
1: And also which brings me to my last point which is I'm not sure if this is bad coaching from Tony Gustafson or a lack of depth in the Australian squad but the fact that Australia did look leggy towards the end of the 90 minutes and throughout the entire extra time because, like I mentioned to you off-air, they have the least amount of minutes from substitutes players, substitute players so yeah. far this World Cup and have used the least amount of total squad players in the World Cup. Only 17 players. Yeah, uh, which is a
0: wildly small amount. Of, yeah. yeah, and
1: whereas uh, England have rotated their squad not by much more, but they have much rotated their squad much more. Uh, more. Not much more, but they have rotated it more. Yeah. So it's like the longer this World Cup goes on, and it's only what it's a Saturday now to Wednesday. It's a four-day turnaround. Yeah, and England For did, players and that England, played a very long. Yeah, and England did, finished it in ninety minutes, mm. and had pretty much exactly the same turnaround because they played an hour or two later. So does that come into it? Do if it, if it you know. 75 minutes onwards if the scores are tied it goes an extra time how much does that come into it do Australia get tired if Tony Gustafsson is forced into substitutions because they're just out in their feet and the squad depth that maybe is lacking starts to show
0: yeah I think yeah there's, there's there's lots of arguments in the in in favor of England and I feel like what the the rebuttal um, is most of the time is that, you know, uh, what about the story? <laughs> yeah, sort of that's, thing. That, that is but, a very but, big but, point. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah, but it is, that does have a lot of, it, it can have a lot of um, effect on the players. Yeah,
1: and I, I, and right now, I, w- I would argue that with, with the players that England have out, Australia's starting 11 squad is better than England's starting 11 squad. Mm. But I just do think that England. We're maybe more wested or have a little bit more depth. I don't know, but maybe not even have more depth. But it's because I think yeah. Um, But yeah, again, I'm going to go on and on and on. But we're gonna we're gonna we've got we've got more to talk to. So let's just (laughs) decide
0: on a prediction. Do you want to go first on me? I'm gonna go one all at the end of ninety and pick Australia to go on pens again two one in extra time two one extra time.
1: I think. England are going to win in extra time when Australia get tired. Yeah, I think it's going to be again two one, but to England, I just think it's going to. Uh, I think, like you said, both teams will score in the first half, and then it'll be a little bit cagey, like it was in the France Australia game. Yeah, and then I just think uh, someone like Chloe Kelly's pace off the bench is going to just catch Australia out in yeah. extra time. Mm. But again, like this, it's a, it's a flip it's of a a, it's a flip of a coin, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, alright, so that's the Women's World Cup We've talked about it for half an hour <laughs> um, Let's get on to the Premier League We'll, we'll speed through this a little bit quicker um, Alright, so Premier League opening weekend uh, The Premier League's back, for season 2022-23 2023-24 um, And yeah, okay, so kicking things off uh, Erling Haaland wasted absolutely no time In uh, getting his season underway Opening his account Four minutes into the Burnley game Um Getting on the end of a Rodley, Rodri her header back across goal, and then short, and then following that up thirty minutes later with uh, a beautiful finish into the top corner from a Phil Foden set.
0: That was a crazy finish. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts.
1: Um, anyone who doubted had doubts about him dropping off in his second season. He's maybe well, it's only one game, but in my opinion, he's probably put that to rest pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that prediction was always going to be a long shot, but yeah, City look. Great. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it would be interesting to see whether they, like, strengthen their squad anymore before the uh, before the window closes. Rumours is they're heavily interested in Pakita from West Ham. Yeah. Which is interesting. I find that an interesting move. I think Pakita's been all right, but... I think it's just a bit more of a
1: flair signing. And also if De Bruyne's... I think it's more to do with De Bruyne getting... The, the interest has sort of come and sort of strengthened around De Bruyne getting injured. Yeah. Um, Uh, Because it's another hamstring thing With De Bruyne It seems to be Now that he's 31 A more and more frequent thing Yeah With him So And hey Like like, Pacqueta He's only been alright But then you can argue A player like that Who was as good as he was For Leon I think it was Is it more of a case Of the sum of the parts Around him Yeah Then if he's put in a better team Can he shine a bit more Because I do think I've seen some little moments From him where I'm like Dude that guy's class Yeah but then again, yeah. But it's only ever
0: been moments. But yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Um,
1: all right. So and then Burnley, a quick touch on Burnley. They looked decent. They troubled City a couple of times in the first half. But yeah, not really, not really anywhere close to City hmm. uh, in that game. Uh, secondly, I've got uh, Chelsea looked much improved against Liverpool. Um, yeah. It was a one-all draw, and but but like I feel like you can tell from the reaction. I mean, fans of fans. I think it's an overreaction. But like Chelsea fans were a lot more happy with how Chelsea fan- Chelsea played than how Liverpool played. Yeah, but then again, I feel like have you seen the highlights from that game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like if that Salah disallowed goal goes in and it's two 0 yeah, it's, it's a, a very, very different, different game. game. Yeah,
0: I think yeah. I mean like obviously, I think Liverpool fans are going to be a bit happier with the result just because of I mean what happened with Chelsea towards the end of last season. You mean probably-
1: Chelsea fans are going to be all happy?
0: Yeah, 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 Chelsea fans, yeah. yeah. Uh, what happened with Chelsea towards the um, towards the end of last season and expectations coming into this season with so much flux in the side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Liverpool probably played a bit better, but, I mean, Chelsea kind of got... just kind of managed to get the result on the day.
1: Yeah, I think Enzo Fernandez was, like, a point of, like, how good he was, mm-hmm. uh, people were saying, but I, I think... He was also made to look good because the rest of the Chelsea midfield was not good. I thought Conor Gallagher was really poor, um, and I don't even remember who was the other midfielder that was. Oh, Chukwemeka. Like he was all right, but again, he's nineteen; he's not quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Liverpool midfield was good, but they needed a defensive midfielder. It was like, dude, it was just three attacking, it was just three centre mids or or a centre mid and two attacking mids out there, mm. and like look good, great going forward, but maybe a
0: little bit leaky yeah defensively i thought uh nico jackson had some pretty good moments he did he did yeah um but i mean like we've seen countless times over the last 10 or so years being number nine for chelsea is not an easy job
1: and he also declined the number nine and chose to go 15 which i thought was quite interesting oh did he yeah there you go uh i thought um reese james was really good surprise surprise Mm. uh straight back into the team and uh yeah, look, if he can stay healthy, because I know he's actually fine after being subbed off Yeah, it's come out. But again, if it's already a, a scare in, in round one, then... Yeah. But yeah, he was really good. I at... hope he stays fit. Yeah, me too. Because the Premier
0: League's better when he's... Really yeah,
1: 100%. Uh, I also think Sterling was, was quite good on that side, linking up with Reese James. Mm. I know he had people, a lot of people have been saying he's a little bit washed and whatever, but I, I, I do think he's still got plenty of football in him. Um, and yeah, uh, but then yeah, I think with Liverpool. I think then they're, they're not far from they're they're like a midfield signing away from clicking. I, th- I think it's like almost there. I think the overreactions from Liverpool fans being like, "This not good," and all the transfer stuff with you know getting snubbed for Caicedo and Lavia. I think it's sort of whipped Liverpool fans up into a frenzy, being like, "What's going on this season?" I think I, I think they'll be fine. I mean, obviously, I picked them to win the league, but. We'll see how that goes. but uh, I think
0: it's easy to get caught up in missing players in the transfer market. Like No player is irreplaceable. Yeah. Just, they just need DM. Exactly. Like it's, I mean, Kayser is very good, but fucking, they've paid a lot of money for 115
1: it. $115 is yeah. ridiculous. Uh, all right, next off the cab rank, I've got Everton positives in loss. Would you agree with my little notes there?
0: Yeah. I mean... I yeah I, I wasn't aware of the stat that you mentioned offline um, until you told me, but yeah, it's it's not surprising that it's the most the, the highest expected goal without scoring yeah. uh, a goal in yeah two point four two point
1: nine four expected goals the most by a team in the Premier League era or since that stat was being recorded.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's basically just positives to take out of it. Um, we played very like the the way we played was very well. We passed the ball around very nicely. Um, the only thing that's a little bit worrying to me is that the it's, finishing? it's a similar story to last year in that we played well but couldn't finish our chances. Um but I mean in saying that it was some very fine margins, a very bad ref call. Nathan Patterson like he just should score that goal that he uh rocketed against the crossbar. Yeah. Um and yeah, there were there were Some other good saves as well.
1: from, from Burn Leno, but yeah, it's just. Like, but also, I know it's a similar story from last season. But can you also maybe put it down a little bit to opening day rust? Maybe.
0: I mean, you you, you can, but you'd also hope that you'd you'd come out firing on opening day after almost being relegated. But that's the thing. I too. think
1: you did come out firing. Yeah, it's just the, the the in terms of how you played and the overall intensity. Yeah, true. But it was just the cutting edge was maybe not quite there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there's positives, but I'm not happy. Yeah,
1: you're not happy with. It. No one's ever happy with a loss. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I, I yeah. So watching that game, obviously the, the defending for the Deccotovri goal was a bit suspect. But my overarching opinion from that game was how the hell had Everton not scored? Yeah, um, yeah. And I know the XG was 2.94, but I would argue you could have had five. Mm. You were 5 guilt gilt-edged chances in that game. That, should have been goals. Yeah. And that's including the one that was disallowed. And this is one of two very bad VAR calls. We'll get on to the other one later. But that's just never a foul. Was that a VAR call? Well, VAR didn't. Uh, no, no. Ref called it a foul. Fa- the reason VAR. Sorry, not a VAR. It's a poor refereeing decision. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. VAR couldn't look at look at it because he called blow the whistle before the ball went into the back of the net.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, which is just. It's just terrible. It's just never a foul. Like. And I already think. The keepers are overcoddled In world football in general um, And we've seen a bit of the Women's World Cup as well That was I mean that was terrible Yeah Because like. like there's literally Tarkovsky jumps up Jumps down Bernardo jumps up And over him And then jumps Lands on top of him There is literally But there is not Tarkovsky makes no movement to Bernardo There is nothing he can do to get out of the way Yeah And Bernardo drops the ball Yeah Yeah It's just never a foul Soft Yeah Um all right. Next, we've got Andrew Spurs get off the mark with a draw.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a very a bit of
1: weird. I only what to be fair, I only watched the first half of this game and then I went to bed. Yeah. Um, but like it was a very weird first half. Like it was Spurs looked good and then Brentford looked really good and Spurs looked really bad and then Spurs scored at the end mm. to make it two all. So yeah, I don't really know what to read. I feel like it's Spurs Andrew's got Spurs playing better offensively in, in a caneless era so far if one game, but defensively,
0: it's still suspect. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still definitely uh, defensive issues there um, coming over from last season at, at Tottenham. And, I, I mean, Brentford looked looked as good as they kind of looked last season going forward um, in the absence of Ivan, Ivan Tony. So, Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure there's too much to take from it yeah. um, we'll see how the defensive stuff and I think pans both sides out. kind of happy mm. like not happy but you know we'll, we'll take a draw Yeah, given what happened on the day
1: I think also people and this is just fans being dumb like 12th man tweets and stuff but people are being like oh Emerson Royale today or uh, and there's like Cafu or whatever Yeah, yeah. it's like that's literally just because he scored because Brentford had a field day going down the left which was his side mm. Um, so I still don't think he's a good defender yeah. Going forward, sure, he can nab you a goal, but he's he's not a good defender. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Um, next, we've got United look shaky in narrow win over Wolves.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, Wolf, Wolf, for this one, Wolves completely dominated the game. Um, and I, I think the biggest one for me is how bad united's midfield was and i think in particular casemiro was a bit non-existent in in terms of what you know what you want your defensive midfielder to do is break up play and win you the ball back in those key areas um and he just wasn't there um and the
1: do you think the balance looked off with money mace and fernandez 2 let's be honest attacking midfielders in sitting in front of him
0: i think so yeah i mean because you know casemiro was non-existent but you know also i i didn't see mason mount or uh fernandez put in a a decent defensive tackle either um and then going forward i don't think mount offered that much either but yeah it's but i i i I think it's i think it's not like pretty bad signs to be honest yeah
1: because like let's be be real here like let's just also acknowledge here they did win yeah they won a game so three points hats off to them but and like and I, don't, I don't, we don't want to sound overly critical because they because you know they did win a game but yeah like they won a game but they got pieced up all game and against a, a team that can finish better it could have it would have not maybe not have gone so well yeah
0: yeah and I mean you know we spoke about it we spoke about it a lot a, a couple of seasons ago and probably probably more two seasons ago when Ollie was in charge um for that main season that there was there was always signs of their midfield being like completely off the mark even when they like got a win and i think that's what it felt like this morning um was it this morning no, yeah yesterday morning
1: mm. and also yeah and also you no, i think it was this morning yeah it was this morning. uh also i you do wonder like i know casemiro was great last year but at, what is he 32 now like, you do wonder, yeah. is at some point, does he start to... I know, there was, like, like... I'm not buying into the memes of him being, like, fat at preseason or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just, like... And, like, maybe he'll be good next game. But, like, if it continues to be an issue, it's, like, has Casemiro... Is is, is there a, a decline that may start? Yeah. I'm not saying it started, but you know, you never know. But or or no. maybe it's just a midfield balance thing.
0: I... I definitely think it's something worth considering because if it if that is true, they're in big big trouble mm. because they don't really have any other options. Yeah,
1: and like if you look at their midfield, like midfield options for the centre mid next to him, Christian Eriksen was very good next to him last season. He's thirty two, almost thirty three. Yeah, and Mason Mount. If he can't do the job there, because I feel like, I feel like with Mason Mount, he's one bad season away for it being curtains for him as a top six player. Yeah. Because like yes, I know he's two two back to back Player of the years for Chelsea last year bad if he's bad again for a new team after having sixty million pounds spent on him yeah it's not good it's not looking good bruv mm.
0: and yeah I, I just think the main thing is it's it's very bad signs for United and pretty good signs for Wolves yeah like, I think yeah considering I
1: picked them to go down they, they impressed me yeah
0: I think Mateus Kuhnha looks think like I, was a just, player. I think it was just reminded of a few players that they have that are actually quite good. And I think I saw like the departure of Jimenez and um, more recently Adama Traore to uh, what would be, you know, a kind of team that might be in the mix, fighting off relegation with them. I, I found it be interesting, but I think, yeah, the the, the reminder of the, those good players that they have, and also Gary O'Neill being there, I think that's a very very good appointment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, they surprised me. I am um, not gonna. Like, uh, <laughs> there will probably be some some performances in the coming weeks that'll make me rethink uh, my picks for season predictions but we're not. I'm not gonna go back on them but yeah Wolves if they play like that every week they won't get relegated 100% yeah. alright speeding through last two games of notes to cover Newcastle smash Aston Villa mm-hmm. um, look it couldn't have gone much better for Newcastle uh, like first heart, first opening exchanges great debut goal for Sandro Tsunali then down the other end great debut goal from uh musa diaby yeah um then tyron mings gets injured don't love that hate to see that uh to rock villa a little bit but it's not like they brought on someone who wasn't quite a good center back as well in Pau torres yeah and yeah look they just crumbled um they tried to play a stupidly high line uh, and got caught out doing it like four times uh and
0: newcastle scoring from two
1: of them yeah um yeah
0: yeah, it's just more of that. I mean, what we saw last season after the takeover of um, just St James's Park, rocking and players that um, playing you above didn't their think baseline. Were that, <laughs> yeah. were that good, playing very, very well. Yeah, I
1: thought Harvey Barnes was. I mean, Harvey Barnes was helped by that stupidly high Villa line, looking as good as he was, but he still delivered goal and an assist. He can't ask for much more. Yeah, um, the Isak for sixty minutes, Wilson for thirty minutes, tactic is. Just continues to work. Yeah, I don't. I just, it's just amazing. Mm. Uh, Isak two goals comes off Wilson, a goal
0: and an assist. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, Tonali looking very. I didn't. I didn't see all of it. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I,
1: I didn't watch the entire game, but I saw on Match of the Day Alan Shearer break down some of the stuff that you may not have seen. He was like getting stuck in with challenges. He has a hand in three of the goals. Like he, he plays the ball across for the first goal that Isak scores like into the box which then gets cut back yeah I, he also ha- um, plays the ball through to uh, Harvey Barnes who squares it for Callum Wilson hmm. um, and just yeah his range of passing is really good um, yeah just just the complete performance from a central midfielder and he just looks really 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 good yeah and now you, you now look at that midfield him Bruno Guimaraes and Joel Linton that's that's a really really good midfield yeah
0: yeah, and it 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 seems kind of very astute signings from Newcastle. I think it got mentioned earlier when we were watching that that Monday Football recap that they weren't they're not kind of in at, at no point this summer have they been in for players that other big um, six teams have been looking at. Yeah, um, yet they've made very very good signings in Barnes Tenali. I'm not sure if there's anyone else, but uh, there is. Uh, uh... Can't oh Livermento. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just very astute just signings that, you know, don't seem like like the big signings that say Man City were, were trying to make when, when they just got recently um taken over. Yeah. But are proving to be very, very And active. also
1: I think if you look at it the Harvey Barnes in Allen to Maximum out for less than five million net spend, I think. Or maybe yeah. even close to zero. And like people can potentially get fooled by the and this I I'll go back on what I said last week. Um, can potentially get fooled by the trick, the glitz and the glamour of what Sir Maximum does on the ball, and and he was really good at times last year. But what Harvey Barnes doesn't give you in that regard, he just gives you in being so direct. Yeah, he's just making a beeline for the box and making a beeline for the goal every time. He's yeah. also incredibly good at finishing in one on one situations, which he showed with his finish. Um, and yeah he'll he'll be he'll probably have better output in terms of goals and assists than St. maximum did this season yeah all right uh last thing i've got to say before we wrap this up arsenal look good for 75 minutes but then got but then get complacent that's what i that's what i took from that game yeah i watched the whole game and uh, we played a really weird formation it was like Partey was a right back but he was all, but he played more at centre mid than he did at right back and then Ben White was swapping from centre back to right back and it was just we almost just had too many midfielders in midfield but Forrest were either so passive or we were just that good at winning the ball back and playing around that we had 84% possession in the first half and two goals uh, and I was just like, "This is ridiculous! Like, we're absolutely cooking! Like, that forest can't touch us! This is um, this is amazing!" And I was like, "We could press on and win f- three or four nil here in yeah. the second half." But then we just like, just we're just sort of coasting, like it was a training match in the second half. And it got for me watching it, it got a little bit boring. And I literally sent a message to um, a group chat, being like, "This is so comfortable, it's boring." About 65 minutes, and then the complacency kind of set in. Forrest got a little bit of a foothold in the 75th minute, and then they score in the 82nd minute, and then it's a bit of a dicey finish. Yeah, and it's just like that was an issue at times at the end
0: of last year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, 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 no, I, I just I just been, yeah, that was that was definitely an issue in the run in last year. Did um, start very well. I mean, I think most notably against Liverpool at Anfield and West Ham. Yeah, back to back weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say there's just lots of positives to take from it. Saka's goal was ridiculous. Wow. Declan Rice almost with a with a goal on debut, which would have been amazing. He was really good as well. Like yeah, like 102
1: touches, 92% pass accuracy. Like you won one possession back like seven times,
0: mm. which is which is perfect. And yeah, I mean. Like Forrest did well in the end to sort of make a bit of a game of it. And I think that run from Malanga is is very impressive. And I hope he can do good more, signing, and more of yeah. that for them. That's a very good signing.
1: Uh, the only only negative I think, or outside of beginning composant, to take from the game is it looks like Durian Timber has ruptured his ACL, uh, which I hate because uh, I think he was going to be a really big signing for us this season. I had him in my fantasy team. Mm. Um yeah, I mean you hate to see it at the best times but first game in the Premier League um yeah not just just terrible but yeah but we move I suppose um uh, it says we we might look to make a, another defensive signing now that this happened and I think that will also if we do that that'll also mean we speed up the facilitation of Kirantini leaving the club yeah uh, but yeah anyway uh, that's the return of the Premier League uh any games coming out this weekend uh, let me have a look. If there's any games of note, we'll give you a quick <laughs> who we think is going to win. And then we'll call it a night.
0: There's two. Uh, Man City versus Newcastle at the Etihad. Ooh, big game, big game. And Tottenham Hotspur versus United in North London.
1: Interesting. All right, we'll start with Newcastle-Man City. I think this, was, this is going to be a draw. I think this is going to be like a bit of a statement because because European football hasn't started yet it's going to be a bit of a statement of intent from Newcastle
0: mm-hmm. and they're going to shock a few people and like a two-all draw. I reckon City will win uh, 2-1 just because it's at the Eddie head.
1: Fair. Yeah. All right, next game. Uh, this game I think Andrew's going to shock a few people here
0: and they're going to win. Yeah, I think Tottenham will win this game. Um, I think Madison's
1: going to have a field day if he's given the amount of space that United gave the Wolves midfield, yeah, yeah. Um, if if, Mateo, if uh, yeah, Cunha can do that because um, they not only did Cunha run through the middle, but like Wolves just uh, like United just looked very open with like defenders not compact in the line, all over the shop on the counter, and Spurs yeah. can hit on the counter.
0: Yeah, and it seems like Madison stepped in and straight into essentially a leadership role mm-hmm. in that Tottenham yeah. side as well. Who's just obviously it's a bit of a vacuum there. Um, yeah, I, I think Tottenham will win uh 2-1 two, 2-1 one, two, one. it's not going to be clear but i think they'll edge it yeah i think
1: i think yeah yeah 2-1 yeah uh, no just cuz i'll go dif- uh, just cuz i want to go different to you i'm going to go 3-1 okay true uh, <laughs> hey fair enough uh yeah and that's it um uh england australia game to come tomorrow or today if you're hearing this uh and all the Premier League action and the World Cup final. Oh we should probably do a prediction for that because it's probably gonna
0: Oh, uh, it's gonna be on Sunday. Yeah. Uh
1: so if England if England make it through, who wins Spain or England
0: I think Spain. Yeah. I think Spain will yeah. Probably because I'm going a bit more with my head with it, but if Australia go through, I think Australia Australia win. I'll stick with it. I'm going this. uh, I think.
1: uh, No, I I think whoever wins the game tomorrow or tonight, when people are hearing this, will win the whole thing. Win the whole thing. Yeah, true. Because I think England, if they can beat all, like beat the mammoth of a tidal wave of momentum that is Australia. Yeah Then they can beat Spain Yeah uh, Spain are probably A technically better Much better team than England But I just think Yeah But yeah And obviously If Australia can beat European champions England um, uh, Then they'll have Just an insurmountable um, uh, Momentum behind Momentum them, Yeah To go into that game Against Spain Not to discredit Spain But Yeah Yeah uh, I think I think my heart's talking with the England one but my head's definitely talking with the Australia one I think yeah. a little bit there yeah. but anyway uh, let's see what happens can't wait for it all and we'll see you next week with our Women's World Cup recap and some more Premier League stuff <laughs>